Welcome to the Dental Business Guide Podcast. From money to marketing to management, this podcast will help you run a better dental business. I'm going to be talking about how to save tax the right way, aimed predominantly at the dental associate because it's relevant to, to associates. Um, we do have another course for practice owners, which we'll be doing next month. Um, but this one is for, for associates. Now, we have done this course um, a few times and and uh, we've shared our knowledge and experience here. Uh, my colleague, Nathan, who was supposed to join us tonight, um, unfortunately cannot join us So um, for, for, for unexpected reasons. So I'm going to be um, mastering my way through this. Um, so how to save tax the right way. <coughs> so myself, uh, my own background, um, I'm a little bit more casual tonight, but sometimes I do wear a suit, but it does feel like a long time that I haven't worn a suit. Um, I actually went to a client today and I did wear a, a smart shirt and tie, but um, I haven't worn that in a long time, having been stuck at home. Now, I'm the um, CEO of Samara Business Advisors. I'm the co-owner of um, the Neem Tree Dental Group as well, private dentist here down in, in London and Surrey with my wife, who's a dentist. I've been working with dentists for 17, 18 years. I'm a trained chartered accountant, uh, worked in the city for a bit, and then lo and behold, I married a dentist. And that's kind of how I got into this whole arena. Um, my colleague Nathan, who isn't here tonight, um, he is an, a very experienced accountant, um, works with lots of clients on a regular basis, and he's our kind of accounts and tax compliant ma- com- compliance manager. So all the compliance aspects, he's kind of a real, um, uh, really well-versed and experienced in this thing. So um, great guy and uh, very famous for his socks. <laughs> so... <clears throat> The hardest thing in the world to understand is income tax. And that's what good old Albert Einstein said. But tonight, hopefully, I'm going to be able to um, get across the message that it's not too complicated as long as you get yourself organised and uh, your affairs uh, done properly. So the agenda I'm going to kind of touch on tonight, um, why dentists are an easy target um, for HMRC. Um, I'll talk about the budget, which was a couple of months back, but it's still very relevant um, as to why I'm talking about that because of all the changes that are going to happen over the next few years. Then I'll cover how to set up and manage your reporting requirements. If you, if you're new as an associate and what you need to be doing, we'll cover tax deductible expenses. Um, Then I'll cover, we'll have a short break. Then I'll cover some online software solutions, software that we use and how to use it. Um, Then I'll also cover understanding your accounts and tax comps because quite often or not many clients receive these at the end of the year not sure what it's telling them just sign it anyway so I'm going to try and give a little bit of understanding and better understanding of those areas and then just really a summary at the end and as I said please do ask questions as we go through um, by all means okay if I haven't explained it clearly for you it's probably I haven't explained it clearly to others either so dentists um, why are they an an easy target for HMRC well Historically, and I suppose even currently, dentists are pretty much high earners from a relatively young age. And what I've seen over the years, being in this industry almost 20 years, quite often or not, dentists, even back 20 years ago, were earning relatively well. But they've usually been advised pretty poorly, um, and they've entered various tax schemes, um, which are questionable, to say the least, um, which quite often or not gets them into trouble. So... HMRC like people who've gone into tax schemes because they think that's an easy target. They don't know what they're doing. And there's an opportunity not just to recover the tax that hasn't been paid, but to get fines and additional tax and penalties, etc. Um, in addition, I know dentists are, I know this is probably a general sweeping statement, but um, many aren't organized admin wise, okay? Um, mainly because they're very busy with their dental practices, busy with their clinical workload. Um, so if you're not organized admin-wise, this leads to problems with and the likelihood of errors and mistakes arising um, in your tax return, which then can be picked up by HMRC, um, which again can lead to problems and, and uh, penalties. And in addition, as, as, a, as a rule of thumb, I'd say high earners are always a target for HMRC. Um, they, they, they always think if they're earning high, they're probably trying to reduce their tax bill somewhat. So are they <coughs> legitimately reducing their tax bills? So there'll always be a target. And if dentists are high earners, you just fall into that pot of people who want to, who HMRC want to, 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 to target and challenge. 
Excuse me. Now, if you look at the life of a dentist or the financial life of a dentist, most dentists start as a foundation. They become um, an associate a few years later or a year or two later. Now, they may have stayed as an associate for many years. And then further down the line, if they decide to, they may become a um, practice owner. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, um, and that's kind of the lot. And then eventually they might acquire another practice or further down the line, they may decide to sell the practice or practices if they went down that route. Now, what I've seen in the years, over the years, is where many dentists go wrong, associate dentists and dentists generally where they go wrong financially, is they may earn high, but quite often they spend high as well. And that's where the problem usually arises. They spend rather than invest. So they try to keep up with the Joneses, and buy the latest car, latest handbag, latest gadget, whatever it might be. Okay, so many so, so where where we've seen people go into financial problems is when their personal expenditure usually exceeds their um, business earnings or earnings salary wise. So whilst it's nice to have the latest gadgets, I'm sure, or latest car, whatever, it doesn't mean that you need to have it. So just as a, someone with grey hair and a, and a little bit of advice perhaps, is to be prudent, okay, um, and forget the Joneses, just look after your own interests, okay, it's, it's, there's no there's no need to um, go down that wrong route of um, kind of spending more than everything, I'm not saying don't spend, of course spend, but just, just manage your money a little bit more carefully, a little bit more prudently and frugally. So, <clears throat> now if we look at the budget that was kind of announced a couple of months back, um, I just want to go over these points because I think they're quite relevant and, and put in context why you need to start thinking about managing your finances better as an associate. So in 2020, we saw a huge drop in the economy as a result of COVID. Um, then various support packages have come out. Um, borrowing as a percentage of GDP is a, is, a, is, on, is a record high level. Unemployment rose. Many, many jobs were furloughed. Um, however, now, hopefully, as we open up, and although the delay, the opening has been delayed to some of what to July, they're hoping for a V, v I suppose, a V shaped recovery. Um, I'm hoping for that. I'm sure you're hoping for that. And I'm sure the government's certainly hoping for that. So businesses can get back together as long as they can, can contain the, the kind of various variants that are out there. So, in addition, we saw furlough was extended back in. Um, in 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 the, in the budget so now furlough um will carry on and it can carry on um for august and september this year but ultimately it will end by september 2021 so i know of dental practices where they are still furloughed staff um and obviously in other hospitality and other industries furloughs seem to be been going on for forever sadly so furlough was extended um for many associates who are self-employed or who are self-employed anyway, um, there is a SICE or self-employed income support scheme that hopefully you've been made available, you've made available to or been using over the last year um, where you can get some grants. Um, I know some dentists have made, 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 got some money out of it, but I know others didn't fall into the right categories because they weren't earning enough or they were earning too much rather. Um, but there's a, there will be a fourth grant, which will be, and a fifth grant as well, um, which, which is up until September. Um, and the fifth grant covers from May 2021 onwards, okay, for those most affected by the um, pandemic. Um, again, these grants, whilst it's great to get the cash, remember these will have to go into your tax bill or tax, um, tax return when you do your tax return for the following year. Um, one of the things also announced by the government was a uh, super deduction. So for anyone who's an associate and trades as a company, okay, um, you, can, you can buy assets, loops, equipment, whatever, and you can qualify for a 130% deduction on your, on your tax bill. So for instance, if you buy a set of loops and they cost a few thousand pounds, you can qualify for 130% of the value of the price you bought and deduct it against your profits, which can, can then um, reduce your tax bill. But remember, this is for a company. So I know some associates do trade as companies, but many don't. I'll be talking about companies and sole traders situations later on. But these are these are the, these are the incentives that one of the incentives that the government's tried to make to get businesses going again over the next few years. <clears throat> 
Um, let me move on. Um, stamp duty, yeah, we've seen that property-wise. I won't, I won't dwell on this, okay? And we've seen a freezing of tax rates and allowances. So from for four years, from 2021 um, to 2022, these will be the rates going forward um, as ever. So why am I showing all these things? Well, it's, it's an interesting time in dentistry. What I've seen financially, some dentists are doing better than ever. I met a dentist today who's doing phenomenally well, okay, um, as a result of COVID. Um, he's a private dentist um, and he's doing very, very well. He's never seen it so good. On the other hand, there are others who aren't doing so well, okay, and who've, who've been hit pretty badly by, by um, COVID and by all the issues that have arisen as a result of COVID. But in addition, I suppose the government are ultimately broke and they need cash. So they'll be seeking to find cash um, as much as possible and penalise as many people as possible. And, and I know as a fact they're hiring new tax people or tax collectors to recover debt. So it's more now more than ever that essentially you do your things right and get organised. So <clears throat> when a government's broke, where do they go to get money? They go to the masses. They try and seek it through taxes. Uh, they'll do obviously cuts on various things, which I'm sure will happen, but they're going to try and recover um, on taxes as well and hire staff to chase up every penny out there if possible. So you've got to make sure your house is in order. Otherwise you'll be on the, on, at the wrong, I suppose, getting, get, getting that knock on the door from the HMRC asking for, for, for cash. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. So now if we look at the tax life of an associate dentist, I'm going to start off looking at um, how you should be, set up and and all your reporting requirements <clears throat> so for anyone who is new to becoming an associate or will be as an associate soon you always have to register um, for self-employment um, and with hmrc and that has to be done by the 5th of october in your business's second tax year okay and if you don't register on time um, you could be fined so it's important to get this done otherwise hmrc as i said will penalize you for anything anything even little okay um, the, the nice guy act of HMRC at the beginning of COVID has gone completely. They won't, they won't take any prisoners. And I'm pretty sure we're going to see more and more businesses fold as a result of this pandemic quite soon, and mainly in the hospitality sector, mind you. And um, HMRC have the priority to get their money first. So they'll be asked after their pennies or after their pounds as quickly as possible. So registering with HMRC is is a given. You need to do that if you haven't as yet. Now, each year, um, the tax year runs from the 6th of April to the 5th of April, and all income is to be reported in an annual self-assessment tax return. Now, this can be filed online um, via HMRC, or you can get someone like ourselves to prepare it all and then file it for you. Now, it has to be filed um, and submitted by the 31st of the January, the following tax year. So as an example, we've written it, self-employment income from somebody or dentist, work from the 1st of December to the 5th of April 21. This would have to be reported and paid by the 31st of January 2022. So now that's why it's important to, you might think, well, that's quite a long time from April to January, end of January, I've got about 10 months to do it. And you do you have quite a long period to do it. But I know from experience, most, most clients, most dentists, it's all a bit a little bit last minute and they don't get their act together and January is a very stressful time for most accountancy firms out there. So now I'm, I'm, I'm alluding to income tax and as, as our friend Alfred Einstein mentioned earlier, income tax is the hardest thing to, to, to understand. Well, let me explain what income tax is. So income tax is ultimately a tax you pay on your income. So you, you get your income, but you can minus your, your personal tax allowance and that becomes your taxable income. So as I said earlier, your taxable allowance for this year currently is £12,500, okay? Or for the last year, not this year, but for the last tax year was £12,500. So your self-employment income is your profit, okay? Income minus um, the, uh, all your allowable expenses minus that um, personal tax allowance. So it's on that level, on that balance, you ultimately start paying uh, tax, um, now, the first £12,500, as I mentioned, is 0%. The basic rate is from 125 to 50000 at 20%. Any taxable income above 50 is taxed at 
I mean, up to 150, and anything over 150 is taxed at 45%. But really, another nasty sting in the tail is you don't get a personal allowance on taxable income over 125. So in this range here, if you go over 125, you lose this personal tax allowance that's there as well. So it's a tax on what you earn. So income tax relates to income. So if you're working as a dentist and you're getting associate income, that would be your income and less any expenses that you might be using to, to buy equipment, assets or day-to-day uh, -day business related activities um, that can help you. Okay. In addition, there's also, I suppose, a um, hidden tax that you could call it, but this is all to do with national insurance and it helps you to qualify for benefits for state pension. So national insurance is mandatory. And if you're over 16, um, if you're over 16 and, and you're employed earning 183 a week, or if you're self-employed and making a profit of six, four, seven, five a year. Now for self-employed, which all associates would pretty much be, um, the, the rates are class two would be, you have to pay three pounds, five P a week, and you can pay that annually. And then class four, the other rate is 9% um, on profits between nine and a half and 50,000, and then 2% on anything above that. So it adds up quite quickly. It's usually a nice chunk that you have to pay for national insurance as well each year if you really want to qualify for the state pension. And in fact, well, you've got no choice. You, 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 do, you have to um, pay it. It's not optional. It's mandatory um, to pay for our kind of pensions in later life. <clears throat> now, one of the things that you have to also organise yourself self with is having a, an appropriate bank account. Now, um, <clears throat> you need to open up. It's important if you're out trading or running a business, and which you are running a business as an associate, you have a separate bank account, which is used exclusively for your business. Now, all income from your practice should go into this bank account. And tr if you need to take any funds out, transfer funds from your business or personal account to cover your personal life. But it's really important to have that separation of but business and personal um, from a banking perspective. It just makes your life easier. Um, so keeping business and personal records separate helps transparency um, and it just makes life easier for yourself, accountants and everyone else. Thirdly, I'd also strongly recommend you have um, another bank account where you save for your tax. So every month you'd put a proportion of your income coming in and put that into a tax account. Now, I would recommend around rule of thumb about a third of your salary or income coming each month should go into this tax account. And you forget about it because then at the end of the year, you have that tax um, money to pay because the last thing you really want to be doing is getting to a point in January and realize I don't have the money to pay for tax. And then you're having to get a loan to do it. Now, sometimes circumstances prevail that you need to use that money throughout your life or throughout the month, throughout the year. But if you can save for that tax, it will help you significantly. Excuse me. And then I think one of the other things then also then to highlight is having a credit card, um, which I would stress, which is just used for your business purposes as well. Um, you can use this to buy various items like loops, IT subscriptions, memberships, all these sort of things. But all of your items can then um, be, could be paid by your credit card. And having a credit card ultimately helps with cash flow because you you can usually defer the payment and pay it 50 up to 56 days later after you made bought it. Now, I wouldn't stress you use the interest rates on credit cards. I would stress you pay your bill off every month, um, ideally, um, because interest rates are, on credit cards are notoriously high, are notoriously expensive. And if you're needing to, if you're funding your life through credit card, don't do that. Refinance, get them overdraft, talk to your bank, um, and someone will be able to get you a much better term rather than the very expensive credit card. So stay away from credit cards if you cannot pay that monthly payment or the, pay the monthly full payment off. Okay. Um, now you will need to keep records, and I'll go. This is just just a summary of it, but I will go through it here. <coughs> um. Excuse me. So self-employment from your from an income point of view, you'll need to keep your monthly payslip from your dental practice. Um, if you're employed as well, you need to P60 or P45 if you've left employment. But then also other income, things like if you're renting a flat out 
or um, getting income from banks or income from dividends from shares you need to keep all these records so all these statements and it's key to keep all these records because um, HMRC will could come knocking down the line a few years down the line and say or we were checking a return and if you haven't got those records you're in breach of various rules and laws so it's essential you present these or get these organized and keep them safe each year for your accountant or yourself to repair your income from um from 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 your various sources of income at the same time it's expenses um, now you want to make sure you have a associated purchase invoice or receipt for all costs incurred which are wholly and exclusively exclusively for the purpose of the trade now in addition if you've paid things with cash you need to make sure you have a receipt or something to support that as well now if the invoice miss receipt is mislaid the associated bank or credit card statement is sufficient but ideally you want the full receipt the full invoice and HMRC would expect to see both, and they do ultimately check a number of returns each year um, to ensure accuracy and correct treatment of expenses. And if you're over kind of claiming or there, there are significant penalties for inaccurate reporting. So that's why I suppose it's important to understand what you can claim and what you can't claim. And I know clients who sometimes, or part, not clients, but I know people who claim for things that aren't genuinely business expenses, and that's when quite often they can get into trouble. So I will kind of move here. We're moving in a little slightly different direction, but I'll come back to those other slides in a second. Hopefully you can see this slide in a second. I'm going to show you something else. Now you'll see on our website, I've kind of hope you can see this, we have a dental associates associate expenses guide. Now so let me go through this. I'm gonna I've got a whole list of this is worth going to at a later date, and I will I will share this to you guys now. So you have a record of this. Keep that, keep, bookmark this page because we do update it regularly, but this is an important page for you to um, to be able to check what things you, should, you can claim for or not. So if I scroll down here, um, certain things you can claim for. These, these are kind of the kind of normal things. So travel for business purposes. So if you're going to a course or driving to a course or driving to see your accountants or driving to another lab, totally allowable and you can claim up to 45p a mile um, but you need to keep a record of the um, travel that you make and keep a record and you can go back to it at the end of the year however you need to make sure you I, I need to highlight you cannot claim if you're going from home to work each day um, that's not um, allowable um, alternatively you may put the cost of your car through your business um, so this is the alternative, along with the cost of repairs, MOTs and service and fuel receipts. Um, but again, it's only the business proportion that can be claimed for. So, for example, if you estimate you've used your vehicle for 20% business and 80% private, then you would only be able to claim for 20% okay, of the costs. Now, this is an alternative to claiming the 45 PMR situation. Other travel costs, such as trains and taxis for business reasons, um, training and course costs, which can be used to update pre-existing knowledge, such as annual update courses. Um, course costs that enhance your technical, technical knowledge technically cannot be claimed as a business expense. So, so this is a grey area, and I know we have people asking us questions at times. I'm doing an MSC. Is that enhancing my technical knowledge or is it updating pre-existing knowledge? And this is where we have to understand what you're doing and how we present it um, is important as well. Other expenses that can be claimed for are subscriptions such as the BDA, uh, or GDC, professional indemnity cover, um, legal advice, cleaning costs, printing, postage and stationery, dental materials, accountancy costs. If you have a website, uh, proportion of your telephone bills, mobile phone bills for business use, a proportion of your bills at home. Say you have an office at home and you're doing work there, you can claim for that. Um, loops or other equipment that you use for your business books, 
that help you with your business. Um, in addition, things like laptops and cameras and technology, um, excuse me, which help you. So that, so that, so, so that, that the, the gist I'm trying to get across here, there's a load of things that you can claim for. And all of these things are costs, which can be used to reduce your income, which ultimately reduce your profits, which ultimately reduce your tax liability. Now, the list isn't here, isn't exhaustive, okay, isn't everything's on here, and it's all quite subjective how much you can claim, but that's why it's important to understand what you claim and keep records of all of these things. Um, so that I'm just so I'm trying to highlight what I think are really important things here on this sheet because the more things you can claim for ultimately, the lower the tax bill that you have to pay. But that goes back to being organized in the first place by keeping such records and presenting them to your accountant as well. So we've talked, so yeah, so going back to the financial records, which we just covered, HMRC expect to see all the records, have or have copies of or have access to all of these. Um, and there, and I said if there are significant penalties for inaccurate recording. Now, in addition, the way, the way the world's going, we most certainly will, and of course, HMRC would highly recommend using online accounting software to record all income and expenses. So it's really important in order to keep all those records in the right place. Um, you have clear and organized records for you. And, and and if HMRC did come knocking at the door, you could present them to, to, to them by looking at your online accounting. So the way that we have systems set up, we have secure, you need to have a secure online storage so you have no paperwork. And at the same time, um, all the information is going in, everything's being processed as you're going along, and you can see your performance month by month. And we, we strongly recommend two pieces of software, which I'll talk to you about and go through some examples afterwards, which is one is called HubDoc, which is like a scanning software, and another one is Zero, which is the bookkeeping solution. So it's about having the right software, using it in the right way. And for all our clients, we show them how to do it. It's an essential part of moving forward um, because going forward, um, everyone's going to have to be using, everyone's going to have to be compliant with something called making tax digital. So this, this is for, at the moment, they're doing the VAT tax at the moment, but from 2023, April 2023, all the self-employed people will be required to report their profits online and through making tax digital compliance software. So everybody, you name it, will have to be a digital, be using digital, not going on paper, not doing it anyway. It has to be done through a digital way. So the theory behind all of this is that they can, they could connect, rather than collect taxes once a year or twice a year, they could start thinking about collecting taxes um, throughout the year on a month-by-month basis. Um, so embracing the technology and understanding and getting on board now really is essential and therefore software is not a, a maybe it's going to be a pre prerequisite really a necessity if you're going to be organized and uh, and you're going to have to do it anyway so to prepare your account um, you can obviously do it yourself but to, um, but uh, we, as a firm ourselves and my team um, our job is to oversee all the online records and provide guidance throughout the year and the objective is to prepare correct and accurate year-end accounts and tax return based on the information presented to us um, and then to ensure all allowable costs are captured and taxable profit is at its lowest possible level. Um, we know from experience the results in tax and national insurance saving we can make for all our clients would always cover our fee anyway. And again, as I said earlier, our key, our accountancy fees are always an allowable cost anyway. So that's allowed by HMRC. But more importantly, we know that our from our experience and knowledge, what we can claim for, and that can always reduce your tax bill liability, tax on national insurance liability, which is more, the same as more than what our fee would be anyway. We know that. In terms of expenses, um, a question really related to, as I mentioned, travel to work. Okay. Now, Traveling from home to work, okay, is certainly not allowable. But if you're going from one clinic to another clinic on the same day, that would be allowable for argument's sake. Um, so, but it's really important to get that distinction right. And that's a, that's an area that people get, um, I suppose, um, get advised wrongly or get get tricked by. So, really important to get that right. Um, things like laundry and anything business related can be claimed for. So that's why it's really important to keep us all, keep all your records, keep all your receipts 
and make sure that um, when it comes to the year end when you're doing your tax return, you think, okay, is that justifiable related to to, to be claimed for um, by by by, my, by yourself or your accountant to to reduce your tax bill? <coughs> right. Let me move back on to um, the next chapter. Okay, so hopefully you can see this. So um, online software is, I suppose, the next area to to cover. Now, um, as I mentioned earlier, you have kind of two main pieces of software that you need. Now, one is online document storage and reader software. So we use something called HubDoc, um, which is a product of zeros. And what that does, it captures all the information from your receipts and invoices. And therefore, no data entry is required. It just needs to be scanned and sent to us. So you can either snap a photo with the phone, with your, uh, your phone, okay? And so there, there is a HubDoc app. Um, or you can forward it via email to a specific email address they would give you, or you can you can scan and, or up direct upload to HubDoc. So th- this is HubDoc. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you can use at the top here. You can see various options here. You can use um, you can upload a document to HubDoc. You can use the mobile app here um, where you zap it on your phone and it will go into this system here. Um, Another way to do it is uh, via email. So if you had your own HubDoc account, you'll get a specific um, email address. Where's it gone? Um, and that's email, in this example for this dummy, this, this is a dummy account, by the way, hubdoc.dummydentalcareapp.com. So if we, if, if for instance, we had all our invoices coming by our email or suppliers are sending them to, we would get them sent to this email address because they would all then come into here, okay, come into this platform here. So what I've done here, we've got a few examples here, um, which we've kind of removed, but I'll show you this one here. So this is a, an example thing that's been scanned in, which was sent by a phone. I'm not gonna do an example now, but it's come through here. And what happens here, it, you kind of um, choose what information it is. You kind of, it picks up the information from here, who the suppliers are, um, what the date of the invoice is, how much the amount is here, 1061 in this instance. And then what happens, this information gets published to zero. Now, this has already been published already. But what I'm trying to highlight here is you can have all these invoices coming through from various suppliers, whoever it may be, but they're all coming into one place. Now, the beauty of this is everything is in one place. So it's saving you time. You don't have to keep a, a kind of a, a, what's the word, a, a book of expenses and a folder of pieces of paper. Everything's coming here. So it's all secure. And you can always refer back to it later on. You'll have your own login to see it, um, but it's you'll see everything that you have sitting in this HubDoc account. Now, you might be thinking, well, what's the, what's the relevance of this? Well, it saves you a significant amount of time. Everything's in one place and it's all processed through. Now, if, you, now if you're an existing client of Samero and you don't have a HubDoc account yet um, or zero linked to HubDoc, get in touch. And we are rolling this out as we speak to more and more clients, but we've got literally hundreds upon hundreds of clients we're dealing with. So we're trying to get more people to take it up. But it's once you've once you've been trained a little bit with it and familiarize yourself with it, it's actually quite straightforward to use. Now, what happens here is everything goes into HubDoc. And then what we do is we publish it. Now that publishes into zero. So this is zero for the same company, Dummy Dental Care. And it gets published make sure this works hope this still works yeah um it gets published into um zero and you can see the amount the invoice everything is going into here okay so i'll come back to my slides first before i talk about zero i just want to run through why what's so important about zero now with zero you have online accounting and bookkeeping software. Um, and there's other versions of Xero, is QuickBooks Online, but we're a big fan of Xero. We're a gold partner of Xero. And what Xero does, it connects to your bank. So you, every day you download the bank transaction from your bank, so that, and it's been set up securely. Um, it directly integrates with HubDoc, as I've mentioned there. It reconciles your payments that you've made from your bank account. Um, and then it also helps you track your finances with accurate accounting reports, okay? And if you wanted to raise invoices, if you really wanted to, if you wanted to raise an invoice to your employer as an associate, you can raise your invoices in here as well. 
So there's a variety of things that you can do, to, which makes it very much automated, very much slicker for the um, average dental associate. So it's going back to this here now. Sorry. So we go back to, sorry, where's it gone? So you can see, as I said earlier, this is that invoice here. Now there are various reports that you can then run through um, in, in zero. In this example, I'm just gonna do a, a simple profit and loss account. It's gonna work, hopefully. So in this example here, uh, is this is a report so ultimately you can see i can find the right report <laughs> no it's a wrong year that's why So hopefully I can find some of these expenses. I may not be able to find it now. Um, so you can see here, this is the profit and loss account for an example associate. He's making NHS income, private income sales, and then all the associated costs. So all these costs, these materials, whatever, would have a supporting invoice, which have come via HubDoc. So if I can find... And then example is another example down here. It says use of private residence. There's another figure there. So these are all expenses that have come through. So if I go back to uh, my HubDoc account, I'm just trying to find out which one was this PictoDent, and that's for one thirty-seven fifty. Hopefully that's in there. Um, Okay, I can't find it here at the moment. But what I'm trying to highlight though is you've got the set of accounts here. So what happens is that invoice gets scanned by HubDoc. That HubDoc then talks to Zero. Zero gets the invoice posted. And ultimately, this then feeds into the profit and loss account. And it's this profit and loss account, which is then used to um, prepare the annual accounts and the um, tax returns associated, which I'm going to come on to in, in a moment. Okay. So... So in summary, the technology is there to maybe streamline your affairs, make your life easier, save you time, save you money. Um, and then you can focus on other things. But you, the key is to use the technology and use it properly. If you use it poorly or use it infrequently, it's just going to be a pain for you and pain for your accountants as well. Let's go back to the slides. So now... New shirt. Yeah, so now, so we've kind of walked through the process, but the key aspect of this is trying to understand your accounts and your tax return as well, because it's no point in getting all these things done if you don't actually physically understand what it's actually telling you. So as I showed you in zero, you get to a point where you have a, something called a, a profit and loss account in, in the bookkeeping package of zero that's then used to transpose into preparing the statutory and annual accounts so let me find out some annual accounts for you um, blah, 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 blah. i'll open these all up there in a second So let's do this. So all that information we've created in um, zero, that will now then go into these accounts. So these look, may look familiar to you. These are kind of the typical 
um, statutory set of accounts that you would have. And you can see all the various pages and summary bits that are said that stated there. But now this is where it goes back to. So this is showing the sales of the business or the income of the business, the materials, and then all the necessary expenditures that we've claimed for. Um, and it's summarized all the way down here, 506, 607, all, all the expenses relating to this particular individual, Dr. D or me or dummy, okay? And you get to a figure that says net profit and you have it a comparable for the previous year as well. So this is showing you how much you've brought in and then all the expenses that you're claiming against your business. Now, at the same time, you have something called a balance sheet for the business. And that basically shows at a specific date, in this instance, at the 31st of March, that um, you have debtors of 6875. So that probably means someone owes you 6875. It's probably your principal owing you some money. You might have that amount in the bank and you might then also owe some money to some supplier. And then here at the bottom, you have something called the capital account. And that was at the previous year. That's the profit from the current year, which we show highlighted at 62058, which is sitting right there. And then here are the drawings, i.e. what you've taken out of the business um, to make your lifestyle, to pr provide your, your lifestyle. So you get to something here where you have something, the balance carried forward in your capital account. Now, it's that 62058, which is what you will pay tax on. So the first step of the process is, as I said, you get your scan the invoice. That then goes into HubDoc. HubDoc talks to Zero. Zero then prepares the, um, uh, does the bookkeeping, which is then provides a, a draft set of accounts, which is then formalized into a set of accounts like this. Okay. But then, you might be thinking, well, it's, got, it's, it's quite laborious, but it, I suppose it is, I guess. This then feeds into your tax calculation. So this is sort of tax calculation or tax computation. <clears throat> so as I mentioned earlier, for the practice, this chap was making 62058. But then he's got other income sources. So in this instance, he's got £4 from a bank for interest, from interest, not much. He may have rental income, he may have other things, but in this instance, they don't. But then he's making some deductions. So he's making some deductions into a retirement annuity, annuity contract or ultimately a pension. So he's making it. See, a pension cost is tax deductible. In addition, um, he has a personal allowance of £12,500 for the year. So the total to income which tax is due, he's going to be taxed on 44562 Not the 62 up here, but on this figure here, 44500 k So as I said earlier, he then is then taxed at different rates at different levels. So the first £12,500 was tax-free, as I said, but the remaining, then he's got the so he's got £37,500, um, which would be at 20%, okay, which is then tax of 7.5K, and then the higher rate of, um, of 7058 at 40%. So this all then leads to a tax liability down here of £10,323.20. But there's always a sting in the tail. National insurance, remember that? He has to also pay national insurance. So he has to, to pay 9% on a certain level and then 2% on the excess as well, 241, plus um, class two national insurance. So he's paying national insurance about four grand. So his total payment in this instance is 14K44648 for this example. So this is how computation is worked. Um, it's getting the profit, it's reducing the reducing various allowances you can claim, like the personal allowance, like a pension contributions, and then um, you're taxed on this figure here, 44.5K in this instance. That's why it's always important to think, have I made, if you've made pension contributions, to make sure that they're highlighted and put into your um, tax return as well, okay? Because that will reduce your liability, tax liability. So that's the tax computation. Now, if I move on to the next document then, which is this one here. Bear with me a second. To see. Excuse me. Um, this is the tax payment summary then so this is um remember that 14 and a half k or 14 four that we said earlier 
Now, in this instance, um, he's pay, he has to, he's made a payment on account or payment on the 31st of January. A second payment is due on the um, 31st of July. Other payments he's made already. So total due or after adjustments was payment made is this amount here, 4687. So he's made certain payments already. So in that, that instance, it's he's made some payments already. Um, now, payment on accounts, if you're not sure, this is this is this is where it gets a little bit confusing, is that people always have to make a payment on account for the following tax year. So the way HMRC work is that if you're making uh, if, if they work, if you work out your tax bill and it's about 14k, they're asking for a, a payment for the following year, half of the amount for the following year, because they're expecting you to make a, um, a similar amount of tax or pay, have to pay a similar amount of tax the next year. So they always want to be in credit. Now, you can ask for your payment on account to be dropped or reduced or reduced to zero in, in, in essence. And if you if you're think your tax earnings are going to be lower next year, it's a really good thing to do. However, if your taxes are going to be similar, they'll charge you interest for not making that payment on account. So you've got to judge that well and have that discussion with HMRC uh, or with your accountants to understand, is this the right thing for you to do or not? Give me a second, hold on. <laughs> Oh, picked up a cold, unfortunately. I um, okay, so got, I've got a few questions coming, which I will answer in due course. Okay, um, then so that's okay. So that's that's the payment summary. So then, so we covered the profit and loss. It shows the profit and loss over a period of time. The balance sheet we've just talked about. Um, showing you the different documents here. Now, remember, you remember that there's the, the SA, SA302 or the PS personal tax return is ultimately is what is submitted. So what I've just shown you now, the um, calculations, let me get the sharing right. That's one of the problems with sharing, isn't it? So what I've shown you so far, the calculations of the computations, the taxpayer summary, the accounts, but then at the end of the day, you still need to submit a personal tax return. So all that information from the computations gets fed into the personal tax return. That kind of form you might see the blue one, blue and white one. That's called the SA302. Um, and that has to be submitted by the 31st of January. And that's the document that we submit um, each year. Okay. Um, and the personal tax return does have to be filed for anyone who earns over 100 grand a year. If you earn over more than a thousand pounds from self-employment, or if you made over two and a half grand from renting out a property. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, it has to be submitted by 31st of Jan each year. So now the key is you need to pay your taxes and penalties, okay, on time. So if you don't pay by the 31st of Jan for any tax that you owe, um, you will be penalised. And then the, th the second um, payment is due by the 31st of July. Now, if you pay, if what's the word? I suppose um, penalty. If you pay a fixed late filing penalty of hundred pounds of your tax return is up to three months late. If you're three months late, you'll be charged a daily penalty of ten pounds per day, up to a max of nine hundred quid. So the penalties can add up very, very quickly. And for penalties for late payment as well, is five percent of tax unpaid after thirty days. Another five percent of tax unpaid after six months. Another five percent of tax unpaid after twelve months. So it can get quite pricey. So it's important to be able to address and pay any taxes um, as soon as possible. And if you haven't um, got the cash, either find the cash or get a loan. Alternatively, contact HMRC and see how they can help you make those payments. They they always have a situation where they may be able to help them help you make a payment on a payment plan of some sort. Um. Then the question I now get, um, I've, I've got, I get, and I get this all the time, and it's, it's an interesting one from associates. Should you be trading as a limited company or as a sole trader? And it's never so easy to, to really give a, a clear answer here. Quite often or not, if you're earning a higher, um, higher amounts, okay, if you're in excess of 100 grand, it's quite often or not you're better off trading as a company. But the recent announcement by the in the budget where corporation tax is going to rise to up to 25% might make that not as an attractive proposition. Okay. And that's going to become into play in 2023. Okay. 
In addition, something called IR35, you may have heard of, okay, and that's the thing that ultimately could rule out um, you being able to, to do it. So I know large, some of the large corporates have stopped paying dentists um, who were true traders associates into, into companies. They have to pay them as sole traders or terms to even pay them as employees. So it has to be thought through what's the best option for you. Now, I know there was a question here about um, is there an advantage of claiming costs of further education through a limited company over being self-employed? Is there a greater scope of interpretation within a limited company or what constitutes new skills? Well, no, not really. What constitutes, constitutes new skills equally applies to a limited company or to um, a sole trader business. Um, the advantage of a company, I guess, is, well, there is that separation fact and you, you could argue that the, the company is paying for those costs for for education. Um, but ultimately, you have to go beneath, beneath the, the layer of understanding and look at the, 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 the actual course content and, and is it adding value or is it updating, updating, updating knowledge or is it completely new? If it's updating, then you could argue that since you've done the basic skills, you're updating your knowledge further to be able to claim those um, course fees. So various shades of grey here, and those are discussions to be had with your accountant to understand what the best option for you is. Um, but uh, going back to the idea, should you be a company or a sole trader? We have a lot of clients who are companies. We have a lot of company clients who are sole traders. Larger income, higher income clients tend to be companies, um, but each one is separate and each one's different and they have a different scenario. For example, if you need to get a mortgage um, and you're trading as a company, it's actually harder to get a mortgage for a home, uh, mainly because there are less companies or less mortgage companies that will lend to people who've got a limited company. Um, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I guess, in that respect. Excuse me. Um, in addition, um, something I've seen over the years, um, tax schemes, tax ideas, tax planning, all these things. There's tax, ta there is there's legitimate tax planning, but then there's also in question, questionable, dare I say it, dodgy tax schemes out there. And dentists have always been an easy target um, because you earn highly and people think if, it's, if, it, if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. Um, too good to be true ignore it um, things like remuneration trusts all of these things that my experience has seen over the years that it's not worth the effort not worth the hassle not worth the gray hairs um, avoid the tax schemes be very careful who you listen to and take advice on these as well um, however there are legitimate ways of saving tax and as i mentioned earlier um, pensions is certainly an area that you can um Top up each year, you can put into up put it in up to forty k per annum with a lifetime limit of one and a half million. Um, ISAs, junior ISAs, ISAs, you qualify for twenty grand per year. So an ISA is something that you can invest in, and you can save on um, income tax on anything you're making. But at the same time, say for instance, your ISA has shares, any capital gains are totally tax free. And remember, you have junior ISAs for children. If you have children, you can invest up to nine k per annum. Um, in addition, any losses from previous years, you need to keep a record of those because they can be carried forward to offset any profits in the, in the current year, um, which can reduce your profits or taxable profit, which can ultimately reduce your tax bills. Um, EIS schemes, again, a little bit more for, for more sophisticated investors. and um, But again, you can use those to deduct 30% of your investment off your income tax bill. Um, and in addition, you have annual CGT allowance which is your capital gains tax, not your income tax, but a capital gains tax allowance of 12,300. And you can use it each year. So for instance, if you're buying shares and you make gains of over up to 12, under 12,300 pounds per year, um, that's tax free. Okay. So think about, can you make, use your capital gain tax allowance each year? You cannot carry it forward and you cannot carry it back, but um, it's certainly a useful thing to use with an extra 12 grand if you can obviously make it a good gain on something. Um, in addition, uh, charitable donations are tax deductible through gift aid. Um, and then another example is low emission electric cars. 
Um, if you're trading, it's a good idea. If you've got a business, you've got a, you're, you're using electric cards, benefiting kind. You've got a, if you've got it through a company, is um, is minimal. Um, you, you, you can you can use that. And that's again hugely tax advantageous for you. So if you've got questions on electric cards, it's quite a complex area. But if you need any help, just give us a shout. So I appreciate it's a, a heavy subject for a Wednesday evening and quite uh, kind of kind of a lot to digest. To digest, um, but it's important to get your finance and taxes in order. Um, why? Primarily, if you got a strong track record and if you need to borrow fund for a practice you want to buy or a property or something other firstly good financial discipline is really important um it will show you can grow your wealth successfully over the long term but lenders and banks um will certainly want to make sure that um you're saving you've got a good record and you've been paying your taxes correctly um in conclusion um it's essential to have organized financial records using a digital system as shown below, as shown before. Um, you can have, um, it's important to review your situation on a year or every second year, looking at your profits and say, what's the best way to be organizing my affairs? Um, and therefore, the, the likelihood of HMRC knocking your door is lower. Um, keep all your records. Um, and if they're all scanned and you're using something like HubDoc, all the better, makes your life easier, probably make your accountants easier. And really the key key message here from this thing is it's, it's not rocket science. It really isn't. It's just be organized. And at the same time, don't believe what other people are doing. Do you do your taxes correctly? And if you're not sure, seek professional advice from people like ourselves. Um, so in, in, to wrap up, um, just to highlight, we do deal with over 600 dentists nationally, practice owners, associates, new associates, all shapes and sizes, limited companies, sole traders, NHS, private, you name it, we do it. And we've got a lucky to have a great team to, to support that. We also go into more sophisticated planning aspects on income tax, capital gains tax, inheritance tax, if you're trying to organise inheritance tax issues for maybe maybe your family member or parent, um, we, we get involved in that. Um, so if you're in the market for a new accountant, if we're dealing with a sole trader, like a, a vanilla sole trader dental associate, our fees are 550 plus VAT per annum. And if you have tax investigation cover, that's an extra £100 per year. Uh, everything's done electronically, sign up, engagement, you name it, it's all done electronically. And uh, to wrap up, um, we are very much um, contactable and uh, approachable. I'd like to think myself and myself and Nathan, and we have a great team not just us, but behind the scenes, okay, supporting us working here in the UK, uh, all in the UK. Um, and if you want to um, arrange a kind of a specific call, please do. You can do a Zoom call or a, a specific uh, consultation with me on the phone. Just need you go to the homepage and just book a virtual consult. I'd be happy to do that. And we do them in the evenings and various flexible times. Um, and lastly, in the future, going forward, I think the government will need to is going to need to recover what it spent. The environment is increasingly complex. Um, HSMI, HMRC um, want to um, get every penny out of what they can get. Okay, um, and you'll need to keep your finances well organising and be in front of the curve. Make get onto making tax digital, and at the same time, really um, making sure that you've got your finances well organized so you don't pay on anything unnecessarily um out there to hmrc okay um if you need any help you know where we are um we'd be delighted to to help you and i'll just leave you on the last side there's something i picked up on america actually you must pay taxes but there's no law that says you've got to leave a tip i know it's a little bit cheesy but it's so true if you organize your affairs properly um get seek professional help at the right stages um, and you're organised well, and, you, and someone who knows what you're doing, what they're doing. Um, you'll, of course, you have to pay taxes, but it's important that you just pay the right amount of tax that then helps you for your future and your family. Um, right, that kind of wraps it up. I've been talking for an hour and almost fifteen minutes. Um, kind of gone through a lot of information here, um, and I know people. I've probably kind of, oh my God, I'm blinded by all. But if you want to ask any questions, please do drop me an email um, or drop me a call. Happy to to help. 
Um, well, team can certainly help. Um, so in summary, three things to, to think about, If it, just to wrap it up. One is to get your get yourself organised, get get onto HubDoc, get onto Zero. get in touch with us if you need help to do that. Um, we will set you up and manage it for you. Um, make sure you keep all your expense receipts using HubDoc. Thirdly, don't believe the hype out there. Make sure, pay your, obviously pay your taxes correctly, but if you're keeping your records accurately and properly, there's no excuse and you'll be able to claim things that you may not realise you can claim for, but there's quite a few things that you can claim for. Um, and again, we can assess those and help you make those necessary claims and do it on, on a timely basis. Get organised. Don't leave it to the last minute. When people leave it to the last minute, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be problems and you'll probably end up paying more tax. Okay, so um, get in touch. We'll be delighted to help. And um, I hope you found this useful this evening. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening in to the Dental Business Guide podcast. We welcome your feedback. And if you're enjoying it, please let your friends know too. Until the next time on the Dental Business Guide podcast.